The following podcast is not affiliated with the developers who have created the games being reviewed. The reviews are solely the opinions of the hosts to be used to make an educated decision on what games to download and play. gamers and welcome to Budget Arcade, a free-to-play gaming podcast to help you navigate through the growing realm of free-to-play games. I'm Scott. I'm Jeff. I'm Elliot. And welcome to episode number 47. Just to recap, we play a free-to-play game each week and then we rate and review it. Elliot, can you tell us what this week's game was? Oh, I hope I'm saying this correctly. Please don't at me. We played Tales of Majael. You said this it correctly. Is a, uh, did I? I tried. I watched a lot of YouTube videos in preparation for today. Uh, this is an open source roguelike game released for uh, for Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, Mac OS, and Linux. Uh, came out in 2012. It's developed by Netcore Games. Um, Tales is available as a donation supported freeware or donationware kind of game from the developers. Um, donations grant some exclusive online features. Um, the game uh, may also be purchased through digital distribution uh, through Steam or GOG.com. Um, and before we really start to talk about gameplay, Jeff, please remind us the difference between a rogue-like, L-I-K-E, and a rogue-lite, L-I-T-E. So just to kind of get into the the term, so the really just the simplest way to say it is one is turn-based and one is not. I actually prefer the term action roguelike for the, mm. the more modern stuff because... Man of sophistication. Rogue, well, and, and rogue-lite is kind of condescending to me oh okay you're playing a rogue light and see i like a lot of rogue lights but if you call it an action rogue like it makes a lot of sense it's like the difference between a jrpg and an action rpg is okay. so but the main thing is is it's turn-based well i guess are we getting into gameplay then well yeah let's get into gameplay gameplay well so the game uh is a rpg uh, dungeon crawler like unto a Diablo style game, but it is permadeath. Although there are options to play without permadeath, if and there are ways to get lives as well. Right, there's like depending on your class, sometimes it'll be like an angel level in your come. level. Yeah, so you pick your race, you pick your class, and then based on your race and class, it decides where you start your starting dungeon. So if you play a dwarf rogue you're going to start in a different place than if you play an elf wizard. But once you beat that starting dungeon, you go to the overworld map and go wherever you like. However, there's a lot of learning there because you don't, there's no real indication of where you should go next. You just have to learn by trying or by going to YouTube. Well, I also found that I, this game, you need to play the tutorial. This is one of those games that the tutorial is 
I believe absolutely required mm-hmm. before you can enjoy this game. Yeah, yeah because it teaches you the, the all the basics, all the key bindings. Which the nice thing about this game is you can play the entire thing on your mouse realistically, but you have a keyboard, so you know you can use your key bindings to make things a lot easier. Yeah, my preferred way to play is with the nine-digit keypad because it's easy to. All right, so everything is grid-based, so it's a traditional roguelike in the sense that it's a top-down, turn-based game, so you're on a a grid, and you can attack in eight directions. So you can attack north, south, east, and west, northeast, northwest, so on and so forth. Yeah, see how we stopped after the two, you only had the two down. Yep, that's it. I can't remember the others. So you, what they call is called bumping. So if you go back and you listen to our brogue uh, episode, you'll kind of get that terminology. But essentially, you just tap the direction of the enemy and you do a basic attack. In this game, you also have lots of spells. You can find runes that will give you different spells. And once you start getting late into the game, your spell bar becomes absolutely huge and just filled up with different spells. One of the things that is different from traditional rogue likes is that there is plot here as yes. well. So a lot of this was written by a guy named Darren Gray, who's sort of like, I don't know what you would call him. I guess he's like the vocal leader of the roguelike community. You can find him on Twitter. He can be a bit condescending about roguelikes. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to get into that. But um, <laughs> uh, but he did all the almost all the writing, uh, but largely the programming was done by a guy who calls himself Dark lord i think but unlike like when david brevik was on our podcast we asked him about roguelikes and he mentioned that ascii graphics uh is kind of one of the things he really looks in a traditional roguelike and this doesn't have that uh if you don't know ascii graphics are like letters and numbers and everything's pretty much could be graphically supported in a dos box Whereas this actually has drawings for the enemies and drawings for your character. And when you're in a forest, you see trees, you know, if you're in the caves, you see stone walls. Yeah. One, one of the things that this game, games like this, I find really hard to compare to other uh, traditional games. And I don't think traditional is the right word, but this is a game that you compare to other rogue like games. Mm -hmm. It's hard to compare this game to like, Star Wars Battlefront 2, right? right? So when we're talking graphic-wise versus other roguelike games, this is great. Yeah. It's, like, top-tier graphic-wise. But, again, comparing it to, like, a PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch game, it doesn't hold water. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also one of those things you can't go into this game to play because of the graphics. You're not going into this for the graphics. You're not going into this for the sound. You're not going into this for the very generic fantasy music. And to be honest, the, the graphics, if you try to play with the mouse, it kind of hinders the play a little bit because the graphics almost take away from the grid-like feel. Um, yep. I noticed when I was playing it that if you don't use the key bindings and you try to use the mouse, it's almost harder to play the game just because the so. graphics make it feel you know different than what the actual gameplay is actually supposed to be. So, like Jeff said with the bumping, when you're attacking enemies, if you're clicking on enemies instead, it's almost, it it doesn't feel natural, so to speak. Mm 
Whereas if you're doing the bumps, that actually feels natural for a roguelike, and you know you can take your turns normally like you would. But mm-hmm. with the mouse, playing it with the mouse is it almost doesn't feel like it's a turn base then. And it, it was a little bit confusing at first when I started to play it. When I did the uh, tutorial with the mouse, I was like, you know, this didn't feel like it was working for me. Yeah. And and I'll say when we're talking about the graphics, uh, the more I got into traditional roguelikes, the more and more I, I saw the merits of an ASCII style system. So uh, as far as graphics, if we go back to Brogue, there is a graphical version of that you can download, but I don't like it because when you see a kobold on the regular ASCII version of Brogue, it's unmistakable. That's a K. That's a kobold. But when you get into the graphics, it's like, wait, that could be a cobalt. It might be a rat, you know. And so I like the clarity of a ASCII system. And and for me, broke just kind of perfect in that way where everything you can tell exactly what it is. Whereas this, you know, it, you, you need to hover your mouse over things to see their level. And um, it is a much more complex game. The learning curve on this is the steepest of any roguelike I've played. There definitely is a learning curve here. And I I played Brogue when you guys were playing it. Um, I obviously wasn't on the show yet. Um, and that was my first rogue-type game ever, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggled to enjoy it based solely on the graphics. Mm-hmm. But then we played Shattered Pixel Dungeon which is another roguelike game, and I, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And I, it was the graphics for me. And I, I think if I played Brogue now, understanding roguelikes better, I think I would enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. But this seems like a learned genre. Like This seems a genre of game that like requires sophisticated tastes, in a sense. I, I think that's fair. I, there are other entries. So like my entry-level roguelike was Dungeons of Dreadmore. You can get on Steam okay. for like $5 with all the DC DLC when it's on sale. I love that game. Uh, there are problems with it, but it was my entry-level game, but it had really nice-looking pixel art and sound and everything. But it was the fact that, generally speaking, roguelikes, the traditional ones, are almost exclusively free. And playing Brogue, Brogue is my favorite. So just because of all the clarity of information. But to kind of stick on this game, if you find the ASCII style to be unattractive, maybe you'll find a little bit more here. But I think that this game really does suffer in the realm of clarity because when you hover your mouse over an item, it bombards you with information. Yes, yes, it does. You're absolutely right. Too much. I also found the the inventory system a little um, clunky. Just I I played mostly ranged players, and it was hard to equip the the bow and then the arrow. It, it was just hard to equip things. It took me like two or three t- tries of like actually being able to do it successfully, and I mm-hmm. didn't know what I was doing wrong. And so I think it's. I think it's just part of the game, but I it struggled for me. It, it it was odd. Healing items in the inventory too were a little bit rough. Yeah. So it, and this game doesn't have potions like the traditional. Oh, I'm low on health. Let me drink a potion. Mostly, 
you, you have healing spells and there's no mana. Uh, it's just everything's on a cooldown. I mean, there is mana, but it's largely everything's cooldown based depending on your class, unless you're like a mage. So it's not like where you have wrath and all the other stuff like Diablo. I, I don't know what I was talking about when I said there's no mana. There's a very distinct mana system. I'm being an idiot. But everything is like... On, it's, this game is extremely strategic as to when you use your spells, making sure you have a shield on cooldown, because this game is, as traditional roguelikes tend to be, really difficult. And unforgiving. I've yet to beat it. I think it's more difficult than Brogue. And I think it's just because there's no real... It doesn't hold your hand at any point. It no. doesn't like it like with Brogue, it's a very simple thing. Just find the next floor, find the next floor, go down, go down, find the next floor. The objective is very clear. It's not clear in this game. You can get lost so easily. I, I for me, I consider this almost like the most advanced roguelike you can kind of jump into. You have to have really kind of run the gamut of other ones to be like, I need something more complex. Because this game is overwhelming with just info and then lack of info at the same time. Yeah, definitely that as well. What what class did you guys play like to start out? I did Archer. I did uh, Elf Archer. Um, I did Dwarf Fighter as well. Mm-hmm. I like the range. The range I found to be enjoyable. I did mage, but couldn't figure out the spells at all. So I was pretty I, much just and, and to stuff. start. I mean, if anyone's wanting to play the game, I do recommend more of a brawler class to start out. It make it's just a little. It it takes away a little bit of the complexity because once you start getting into mages and stuff, it, it gets more crazy. And so I tend to just do like bulwarks and stuff like that. The other thing I guess we should talk about is there is an auto-explore function that you are going to want to use. Uh, because the if, if you go and look at Brogue, you'll see that the maps have a very... Root, you know, you'll find a large room and a hall, and it just kind of has this really nice flow to the way the levels are designed. This is very much a just kind of, I don't know, like thrown together, it feels like. I mean, I know that's the case with most, you know, RNG, but this a lot of the times you're just going to be hitting the O key, which is the auto search. Is it O or Z? O. Yeah, anyway. I think it was O. Because um, you're going to need to be mashing that a lot. Because just to, my arm gets tired by tapping the <laughs> keypad for so long. That's the other thing I would say. You definitely want to use the auto explore. But I think that's different. Elliot, do you know what's interesting? Why is that? He's okay with doing the auto explore on roguelikes. But yet, when we play oh. games where it's autoplay, he won't touch them, and he complains about them. Yeah, it, that's totally, that's definitely different, I, I think. Thank but... you, Elliot, because I think you're trying to trap me in something that's not here. Because it, when I'm done, all Auto Explore does is it takes you to the next piece yep. of combat. And I will say that that's a poorly designed thing here. The fact that there's so much space... There's a lot of overworld here. Right. And, on these and, maps. And I'll say I'm not okay necessarily with it. If you need an auto-explore function, then it is something that where maybe you need to trim the fat on your game. But and but the big difference here is is that it auto-explores until you come into conflict. And, and you then cannot auto-combat this game, man. There's too much... Exactly. On. You and if you're going to get killed, if you auto combat the game, so you have to stop, 
equip your shield, you know, cast whatever spell you need to cast, get into your engagement, and then auto-explore again. So this is way, that's way different than a game that plays itself from start to finish, like some of the stuff we've been playing on mobile. You can't do that here. You will die immediately. Well, at least you clarified it then. Well, I'd see you. You got your he tra- he laid his trap hunt, card, you know, but you countered it. He countered your trap card. Uh, quick play magic card, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You basically you go from dungeon to dungeon uh, until your character gets strong enough to go to your to final dungeons and stuff like that. But the order of those dungeons is not clear. There's another roguelike I like to play. It's called Dungeon Man's. It's a roguelike with a lot of humor, but it's a premium roguelike. Um, Say the name of that again. Dungeon Mans, M-A-N-S, one word. It's really fun, but it gives you very clear, it does a similar thing. There's a large overworld, and there's little cities, and uh, things like that. But when you hover over a dungeon, it'll give you a difficulty rating. So you say, ooh, that's too much for me. You can go and find one that's a little bit more of where you are in the game. And it's still extremely difficult. But that difficulty isn't based on it not communicating to you what you need to do. It's based on the design of the game. That would be the other thing I would say. Hey, wall. All right, so this game is 100% free to play. Uh, Jeff did say there was a donation, you said? Well, so it's not really 100% free to play because there are classes that are locked behind a paywall. And that paywall is donation-based. Um, there are expansions as well. Yes, there's also DLCs too. So the core experience is 100% free. You're going to get tons of classes. More than you'd of, ever need. Right. Tons of um, races, things to unlock. It's a thousand hours of gameplay at the, at the least without spending yeah. one penny. Yeah. Um, you're going to get a complete experience. And if you love this game, there's more to purchase, and it's completely reasonably priced. I think I bought the game on because I wanted it to auto update, and when you use their web, the one from their site, it's it doesn't update as smoothly as Steam does. So I paid for it when it was on sale, and I think I've spent fifteen dollars on this. And you know, you're gonna have so much to do, and because it's not microtransaction based, really, um, you know what you're getting. There's no surprises. Uh, but you never have to spend a dime. Yeah, and that auto-updater was why I had issues even downloading the game to begin with. Um, I ended up having to pull up one of the links of the full game and then just download that and unzip the game into my computer to even Yeah, to I would that. recommend if you do like the game, go ahead and get the Steam version or the GOG version because it's just going to make a life a little bit easier for you because... There is something, I don't know the right word, but something amateurish about the way yes. the game operates. Yes, um, I, yes. definitely that. It, a there's a launcher it. that launches something, and then you go to a dungeon, and another window opens, and it tells you it's gender. There's just something that feels unpolished. And even when you get the Steam version, that's still there. It's a labor of love. Like, I know this is a great game if you can get into it and but you have to ignore a lot of blemishes to get there the other thing i was gonna say this isn't really quite pay 
or uh, paywall wise, but there are a lot of add-ons here too, and I think some of them are pay. You can pay to get them, but there's a lot of things you can add to this game to make it look a little crisper or just all kinds of stuff. So there's definitely a, a big mod community along with this game. Replayability. Now with the mod community, of course, that will increase the replayability of this game. Um, Jeff, you said there's yeah. like a thousand hours worth of gameplay currently. If you get, you know, not paying for anything, there's and then probably got the modding community I, as well. Oh, I don't know how you could, yeah, even. There's come up an with insane an amount number. of replayability. Just an. Uh, this could be the only game you play in life. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, thousands upon thousands of hours. If this is, it's a game that I wish. I could get into more than I have. Like, I wish I could find the hook because I know if it, if it ever hooked me, I'd never let go. And it, and I would just keep playing and playing and playing, but it's, you have to dig through so much to get there to understand the mechanics enough to get hooked on the game that it, what, what was it Elliot on one of these times you said, if it takes 20 hours to get, the game to get good then what's the point right yeah and i think that applies here you really have to spend a ton of time to get to know the game enough where it hooks its claws into you and you're on your way yeah but i think that's more of a mastery of the game to be able to like want to play it that much as opposed to the story taking 20 hours to really kick off yeah how long to be was having how long to beat.com says to do the story it's going to take just over 50 hours. Yeah. And, and again that's for just the basic story that's not including that's the probably random not side quests. Permanent. You know yeah. like if you I I guess that's one thing if you wanted to learn the game you could turn off the permadeath and, and explore the world and try to figure it out that way. And I don't I don't pay any attention to the story on on roguelikes just in general. It it doesn't matter to me. It's kind of weird to have a story on a roguelike to be honest. Well, and this is one of the few that actually has, like, a, a detailed story. Like, most of them are like, evil guy in dungeon, go get him. And that's really all we need. <laughs> yeah. And I think this game really tries to be more. If it's something you love, getting into the lore, it's there if you want to. But in general, it doesn't have effect on the gameplay. And you can, like me, completely ignore it. <laughs> Judgment. So at the end of each episode, we give our seal if the game is approved or not, and that's our general thumbs up or thumbs down. Requires a two-thirds vote to be approved. Um, Jeff, what do you say about this one? Does this get your approval? Boy, um, no. I think it's just too much. There are other games I would recommend you play before you get here. Uh, I'm trying to think of a comparison I would give it. Uh, you know, like... I don't even know. It's just like go play Brogue, go download Dungeons of Dreadmore. There's another one called Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup, where it just is more about the simple mechanics of a roguelike. This thing is mind bogglingly complex, and it's for only the most hardcore roguelike player, I think. So I can't really recommend it to someone who isn't interested in the genre already. All right, Ellie, how about yourself? Like I said, graphics, sound, everything is, uh, nothing is groundbreaking here in terms of, of 
quality of life there. I, I don't feel like this game is a super rememberable game. And a lot like Jeff said, it, it's missing the hook for me. I do want to credit Jeff, though, on this was a genre of game that I had never played until I started listening to the podcast. And I'm not a huge roguelike fan, but I am a huge roguelite fan. Um, Children of Morta, FTL, Enter the Gungeon. Like I love, I love that style, the style mm-hmm. of game that has morphed into the roguelite genre. Um, so I don't think roguelikes are for me. I, I am interested in playing the ones that Jeff has mentioned because I haven't touched those yet. I, I like the concept of this game a lot. I really, I like it a lot because you like Children of Morta, where there's a a persistent progress. I think yeah, you might I think actually enjoy like. Dungeon Man's. And actually, I, like to me, I really like Dungeons of Dreadmore. It might be because this was my first. Yeah, uh, and I'm I've give actually it a shot. beaten it, which doesn't happen on a lot of roguelikes. And then Dungeon Man's is really interesting and fun with different mechanics. And go ahead. So sorry. This, no, you're fine. This isn't a bad game though. So right. when I'm telling, when I'm giving it a no, I'm not giving it a no because I don't like this game. Um, I actually I like this game. I I I think there's potential here. I just I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the hook. So it's a no for me. But it's it's a no because it's just not for me. But I can see. I mean, I, when I was doing research, this game was 2010, 2011, and 2012 the rogue like of the year for three years in a row. Mm-hmm. So you know, if, yeah. If you're in the community, it is lauded for yeah what it is and and those are the hardest of the hardcore yeah and so saying no it's not a bad I, I don't dislike this game it's just i don't want to play it i'd rather try other games in a similar genre but i can see how people like this i can see yeah. how people get into this i think what i would compare it to is science fiction like if someone's like hey i want to get into science fiction i'm gonna oh. recommend them ender's game or yeah. a john scalzi book because it's it's very easy to get into. I'm not going to send them to Alistair Reynolds or Gregory Ben for these. The like foundation. Really... Read the foundation. That's all yeah. I'm going to say yeah. maybe if you really do that later, once you determine whether it's something you actually like before getting here. Yeah, I think that's very good. So how about you, uh, Scott? Uh, maybe I should go against the grain here and give it approval, but I'm not going to. Uh, I, like <laughs> like you it said, two seconds of thought. <laughs> But yeah, no. I I couldn't get into it. It definitely did not hook me at all and it was it was almost too complex in the beginning to even merit me yeah. playing any more than I had to to be able to rate this game. Um yeah. I believe there is a lot there, but like you guys have said it's it's really for the hardcore roguelike players and I am definitely not that person. Mhm. Yeah. So this is definitely a no for me as well. So this game is not budget arcade approved. It can be hard to even just get out of your starting dungeon. Yes. It's it's insanely difficult. Yeah. Well, if you like a challenge, this is definitely a challenge for sure. And we didn't have any listener commentaries this what week. What a surprise. Um, Nobody yeah, played some hard to get obscure garbage this, right? only Jeff heard of. I don't think it's garbage. <laughs> I already know my next traditional roguelike I'm going to recommend should the day come. All right, so next week we are going to be circling back and replaying the Darwin Project because as of... We ran out of material again. (laughs) 
There are no more free games. No, because uh, as this podcast releases, which is on Tuesday, Darwin Project is releasing the full version. It's no longer going to be in early access. The full game is coming and we're going to see how they've turned the, turned the game around and see if it's uh, still within reason of a game to play. And that also means we're going to be having uh, Matterall back on the uh, podcast as well. Yay! I'm excited about that. I'm not looking forward to playing Darwin more, but I'm looking forward to having Matterall back on. Great guest. Well, they've they've changed a lot of stuff in it, apparently. Um, hey! I don't know if you watched any of the trailer, the PS4 trailer. I actually, oh, usually when Matterall's thing. streaming, I'll usually pop into his stream and check out what's going on because he is so good at the game that he pulls off such crazy stuff that's really fun to watch um but i have well i mean what he's playing is still early release it's not any of the new content that's coming out yeah they're not even they're not going to release that to the streamers because they don't want anybody seeing it right other than the um and that was another thing when it releases um they're also releasing the ps4 version of it so it's going to be on xbox ps4 and pc and it's going to be there's there's a lot of differences in there from what I've seen so far. Mm, okay. Um, if you got if anybody wants, well, I mean, it doesn't even matter. The game's going to be out when this publishes, but they could uh, look on our Twitter. I retweeted the uh, the video that Matterall dissects the PS4 trailer, and also I retweeted the PS4 trailer. If anybody wanted to watch that, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Wherever you listen, we ask that you would leave us a favorable review and that you subscribe. Uh, you can follow us on all the social medias. We're at Budget Arcade on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to our website, www.budgetarcade.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash budgetarcade. You can send any hate mail at show at budgetarcade.com. You can also join our Discord from our website as well, and also our Twitter link. Music is provided by Stimmage, and you can download his music at metroidmetal.com. And game on. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.